If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make your podcast. Let me tell you why. First of all, it's free. You pay no fee whatsoever. It's absolutely, totally free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And most of all, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. Well, the most important thing is that you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Well, what are you waiting for? Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M. What are you waiting for? Go ahead and subscribe and make your own podcast. It's free. Welcome to this new episode of the podcast Self-Evolution Regardless. I'm your host, Maramber Homa, and I welcome you to listen to this podcast about narcissism in general, toxic relationships, and ways to deal with them and to save ourselves, but most importantly, seek self-evolution regardless of the abuse. I hope you enjoy and find this episode and the upcoming ones enjoyable and insightful in any way shape or form and i thank you very much for listening now let's get started welcome to a new podcast episode of the podcast of evolution regardless hello (laughs) call me crazy but i'm going to talk about this topic today which drives me nuts and that is infantilization so um when we talk about infantilization basically what the abuser does is paralyze you put you in this position where you are totally fucking vulnerable let me tell you again the abuser will not hesitate to not only emotionally ruin you and fuck you over but they will basically even physically financially sexually even paralyze you in this way they will infantilize you make me make you feel like a freaking infant like an infant barely able to say anything but wah, wah, only to cry for help what is an infant anyway an infant is only this little a little creature who's helpless who only cries out and calls for help or for their milk or for their food only when they need it so it's like you can't have anything you can't say anything except for like when you're need in need of something basically but to expand more about in this topic to talk further, to elaborate further on this idea, the abuser will not literally make you go back and age and make you um, as small as a baby, but they will metaphorically do it. They will infantilize you in keeping you safe, in keeping you ignorant, in keeping you basically 
basically they will keep you under their radar all the time they will keep you they will keep you safe ignorant and dependent safe in terms of protection now i'd like to talk about this topic referring to jordan peterson dr jordan peterson is a well-known canadian professor who's also a psychiatrist who has had more than 40 years of clinical psychiatry and he has plenty of experience when it comes to that but in terms of psychology and he talks about this a lot in his lectures when he refers to the narcissistic mother who would not only smother her children but who will devour them he will this mother will devour her child Mothers usually, uh, typically, will be the devouring beast. If you can remember the story of Hansel and Gretel, they basically go to this tempting, beautifully decorated house full of candy and uh, marshmallows everywhere, and it looks so delicious that they eat it, eat it, eat it, eat it, until they're stuffed. They're like extremely full and they have full stomach and now the old lady inside the house is basically a sorceress she's a witch and now what she will do is because she succeeded in luring them into her bait now they have nothing to do because they're barely able to move and save themselves out of their house basically out of that house so now they're trapped in there and it's her turn to basically make uh, Hansel uh, Gretel cook more for her brother so that she stuffs him so that he's first one up to be cooked basically and then it's the turn of his sister but it's it's it all comes to the same um, <clears throat> conclusion is that the old lady the witch is going to eat those kids now that they're trapped there and this same goes for any mother who's so obsessed with her children who loves them so much that she will do whatever it takes to protect them in fact she will protect them over the normal sort of like uh, you know rate of protection she will over protect them to try to keep them safe because the world out there is a dangerous place and she will go overboard with her protection so much that they will feel that safety she will make them feel like safety is the only thing that is going to keep them alive that's going to keep them surviving in this dangerous world full of wonders and beasts and monsters and their mother is the only protector of them for their sake and for their health and etc etc it's not really um, a healthy approach basically why because once we grow up to become adults okay for, well obviously childhood requires protection and it requires attention and it requires um, a lot of protection especially in the teen uh, years but later on safety becomes something boring 
it becomes something that we have to overcome so that we can actually build our lives and become independent as adults you know we seek independence as adults anyway since the age of starting from 18 and even a bit younger but generally speaking independence is a thing that we strive for as young adults but keeping us safe only works against our best interest it works against we'll basically we're basically put against the odds of actually facing life when we are put in a safe haven put in this safe haven long enough is going to paralyze us is going to keep us helpless and that's the point the abuser puts you in this safe haven long enough for you to go crazy like look at those all those movies where they will torture the person they will put them in a closed place alone by themselves as a means of protection from the world out there and until they go nuts they lose their minds because it's crazy and it's impossible it's just unbearable and unacceptable to put someone in that kind of place you know physically but also metaphorically just to lock them down and to keep them safe from this dangerous so-called dangerous world danger that is everywhere and death is everywhere and so the only place that they should belong to is that safe little haven that they, you created for them so that you can protect them from potential danger but what you're putting them into is paralysis what you're doing to them what you're doing to these people is basically inhibiting them from doing anything in their lives you're inhibiting them from being responsible from taking responsibilities from taking choices for themselves making decisions making mistakes failing and learning in the process and growing up eventually and evolving you're preventing them from doing that when you create a safe haven that is so safe that is literally paralyzing them and keeping them from moving forward and especially this is extremely dangerous for adults females or males and just having to go through that kind of phase is like <laughs> just let me tell you it's unbearable unbearable so what the abuser does is keep their victim safe as a means to paralyze them but also as a means to maintain their dominance over their victim again narcissistic abuse is always about um, manifesting and professing that dominance keeping it at its highest stakes therefore obviously when they keep you safe they're going to keep you uh, be you know under their uh, control under their control they want to keep a watchful eye over you like like George Orwell uh, mentions in his book 1984 the big brother is watching you and that's basically it big brother is watching you when you are safe in that safe haven what are you gonna do nothing you're just basically like a like a scared little rat waiting to be stepped on basically if anything dangerous happens that's supposed to call upon you and call upon your courage and bravery and your choice ability to make a choice for once in your fucking life you're basically a coward little 
rabbit that's gonna hide in its hole. A, a little ostrich that is waiting to hide its head underneath the soil because it feels safe there because the world's dangerous. And the problem with that is kept long enough in that safety is gonna make the, the victim conditioned into subconsciously and automatically thinking that the only place they belong is that safe place that the abuser created for them. They're going to mentally program their minds and conditioning themselves into thinking that the only way to survive in this world is to remain alive in that safety. How crazy is that? Can you believe it? Is this a healthy approach to life? Of course not. So we talked about safety. Now let's talk about ignorance. The abuser loves to keep their victim ignorant. They will protect them from dangerous knowledge of the world out there. The world is full of dangerous information that will harm and that will sabotage the formation of the victim. Remember, the abuser always wants to shape the victim into what they want them to become. Remember in 1984, in George Orwell's uh, novel, they shape Winston into creating him into this person who only worships this ministry of love. Because they keep him avoiding the dangerous information that actually exposes the ministry of love. And and they execute and torture all the people who dare to expose and ruin the, uh, the image of the ministry of love. So by keeping the victim ignorant, they protect their reputation. They, they're not interested in protecting the victim whatsoever. All they want to fucking protect the, is their fucking image. So they might as well kill their victims if they want to, but they're not gonna kill them. They enjoy the process of torturing the victim. They enjoy it. They love to see it. Because it puts them in the position of feeling high, of feeling important, of feeling like they matter. Of, you know, they aven they're avenging them themselves from their abusive childhood. Remember, these people have had a long abusive childhood and they never got rid of it, now they're trying to cope with it in a way that puts them in this position of dominance. The, the only way they think, of course, the only way that they can cope with that abuse is for them to position themselves in a higher position at the hierarchy. And they do this to their victims, and they don't mind doing this to their victims. They enjoy the journey, they enjoy the process. So the second step, or should I say, the second thing that they do, it's not really in a specific order, but it's the system that they create that uh, basically surrounds the victim and make them surrender, is the intellectual part. They will prevent them from searching. 
they will prevent them from using that innate natural skill of curiosity and looking for information because that curiosity and that will to search for information actually sets them free but in in case their image is ruined they're gonna do whatever it takes to prevent that they want to prevent the ruination of their image and so what they will do is they will prevent their victim from looking for information that is going to shock the victim of course it's gonna totally devastate the victim to know the terrible truth of what the abuser actually is unlike the image they're trying to portray to the fucking world when they know that information and when they know how dangerous that information is the abuser is ruined, is screwed so to avoid being screwed over by the victim by the helpless little rat that they trapped they're gonna prevent that information from being disclosed to the victim and that way they keep them ignorant why? because again, it's safe it's safer for the victim and of course I'm putting this between quotation marks because obviously it's not it's just a way for the narc or abuser in general to protect their image their reputation to the world the world's perception of them basically and so if they keep the victim ignorant it helps them to move their plans to go further with the damage that they have done and they will never uh, regret doing because they enjoy the process as I said earlier and it makes them keep going okay and it's the mass massive destruction that occurs in several different uh, slow and sometimes even overt I mean covert I mean implicit phases that the victim has to go through and sometimes they're not even aware of it because a lot of times it works on conditioning of the victim it's not so obvious that the abuser is trying to uh, you know maintain control over the victim but it involves their system that involves conditioning, numbing of the victim, luring them at first, grooming them, attracting them, seducing them, and then gradually, slowly enough, and slowly but surely to numb them and to condition them into basically uh, worship the system because a lot of times the victim is trying to resist they're trying to fight against this uh, hell that they have been put through but with the resistance as you know uh, the harder the resistance is the harder the punishment becomes so you see it's like it's parallel they go with each other they're basically um, you know, if you go one step, the punishment goes one step further, and that's how it goes.
until they try to ultimatum step at the end of the process which is gonna destroy the victim which is gonna eliminate the victim to earn any power and is to completely destroy them, paralyze them and even to the point where they discard them let's talk about the last part of 1984 when when finally they torture Winston so much that he can't even uh, feel his arms and legs literally he can't feel his limbs anymore they let him go and they tell him how nice the Ministry of Love is and he actually in the end in that scene you know specifically in that scene you as a watcher I bet because I, I felt the same you would feel utterly in awe and utterly in shock you, you can't tell if Winston is actually like a slave to this ministry right now that he's genuinely uh, worshipping this ministry or if he's actually so well conditioned and so well numbed in the process of uh, worshipping the ministry that he is just seeing that out of like automatic automatic uh, uh, you know training and response you don't know if it's actually him saying it and meaning it, that it's actually good, that the Ministry of Love is actually good, or he's just saying it um, to please them. Because he knows deep inside how bad it is, but then he's just saying it to, to please the motherfucking boss. I mean, <laughs> I'm just utterly in shock when I remember that scene and the way he walks and the way he... Dude, he's bald and skinny and like, oh my god, he's so, not pathetic, but he's so pitiful. Just to look at him like that, to have, to have gone over that torture and those phases and that pain, it's so, um, it gives me the chills to even remember the scene. God damn. Oh god, okay. Um, so that's number two, ignorance, and they attack the intellectual part of the victim to keep them under control and to prevent their curiosity uh, of looking into further information. Now let's talk about the third part, uh, which is dependence. Now, along with safety, and ignorance, but not necessarily uh, in an order. There's no specific order where uh, safety, ignorance, and dependence come, but they are surely used together by the abuser to maintain control of the victim. So when it comes to dependence, dependence takes a lot of forms it takes a lot of dimension dimensions dependence can be emotional dependence 
like when we uh, refer to the victims as codependents because codependents usually what they do is they cannot think for themselves in general terms they cannot think for themselves they cannot make choices they cannot take decisions unless they go and consult the abuser about it the codependents usually agree too much they please people too much at the expense of their own uh, choices and uh, personal preferences, they just go do that because it feels good to, to them to have let someone know of their intentions, for example, to plan ahead, to do something that they want to accomplish in the future, I don't know, anything. It can be physical dependence, they can be, they cannot be able to go out unless they consult the abuser to have the key for example of the door outside if if the abuser does not have the key then it must be somewhere else that the victim must not go look for unless they ask the abuser to go look for it etc so as you know things as stupid as these keep the victim actually helpless and um, dependent dependence can also be sexual they cannot uh, for example, in, in especially in BDSM relationships, I think um, usually the submissive person does not, you know, uh, is not allowed to uh, have an arousal unless the dominant is uh, taking permission of. It's bullshit, but it, it, I guess it happens. And there's uh, consent. There's the contract of consent. I hate BDSM. I don't want to talk about it any further. But that's just an example to mention uh, in the same context. And financial dependence, and they can take the form of literally the abuser preventing the victim of having their own financial independence. And when, when for example, uh, I'm going to mention a badass example here. I'm sorry for mentioning badass examples. I'm just like, I'm trying to have these this train of thoughts going and I just have these nasty ass thoughts but just you know uh, endure with me here <laughs> so a nasty ass example here is the sugar daddy for example if the sugar daddy of a person um, somebody who's rich a lot he's like filthy rich and what they do is they uh, provide care and money for, for example, usually females who are unable to, for example, pay for their uh, study loans. So what they will do is they will uh, call these people, they call them sugar daddies, and they will be their sugar babies to help them pay for their student loans. And so when they, um, when they're paying for their student loans, they're not essentially paying them from their own pocket, they're paying it depending on the sugar daddy's money and that's an example of financial dependence for example or in a simpler context when uh, a husband for example is making his wife dependent on him he doesn't allow her to get a job to have financial freedom she will have to for example borrow money from her husband to uh, buy things for uh, her friend as a gift or something and then she has to lend them over so things like that but 
and that's how it takes you know these examples are just a few of the infinite amount of examples that I can mention but I don't really have time for that but what I'm trying to say is the abuser will try to keep the victim under their control when they maintain that feeling that thinking inside of the um, victim's mind that they have to be dependent on the abuser in order for them to progress in life but it's the abuser's initial initial um, intention and uh, pattern of behavior that that uh, oppresses the victim into thinking that the only way to act in life is to depend on the abuser but it's the abuser's mentality it's the way of thinking to try to maintain that victim under their control well one reason would be that they have nothing else to do in their life another reason would be that they would love to have that feeling that they're controlling someone because like i said earlier that's the only way according to their uh, ignorant uh, toddler-like mental age of theirs the only way for them to cope with their childhood abuse is for them to assert themselves in a higher hierarchy position and they're miserable as fuck and they will do it and they will keep doing it and basically it feeds their ego because they have a fragile ego that has been hurt and abused before in their childhood, they will not hesitate to protect that ego from potential abuse by trying to assert themselves as dominant and as someone in control of everything. Keeping someone safe, ignorant, and dependent only serves the abuser. It only serves the abuser's best interests. First, it acts as a, a protection from uh, ruination of reputation, of the world's perspective of them. It acts as a stimulant of, um, you know, feeling that they're actually controlling someone, that they're actually uh, overprotective of someone that they're in control of someone's life and it serves as uh, a means for them to ruin someone's life basically but it serves their best interest and especially because they want things to revolve around them it's always about the narcissist it's always about the abuser it's nothing about the victim the victim the victim is there to only serve the you know the, the abusers uh, demands and desires they're only the wheel that the uh, cart you know uh, functions with the victim represents the vehicle that the abuser rides to go and move around basically then the victim is then put in the position of being nothing but an, an object that is used for the abuser's pleasure and um, desires to be met. How can we beat infantilization? 
Invincibilization can only be beaten by the victim's desire to stop, to eliminate this kind of abuse and treatment, to reprogram their mind into thinking that this isn't healthy at all, this isn't helping them at all, and most importantly is to put themselves in the position of mental, emotional, physical, um, financial, political, everything, independence. And the most important thing is for the victim to start to establish boundaries gradually, but most importantly, slowly but surely to assert and maintain their independence away from the abuser. It takes time, it takes courage, it takes a lot of trial and error, it definitely takes a lot of courage, it definitely requires a lot of consistency and continuum, continu con constant trial and constant effort is what I'm trying to say basically. And, but it's going to be there, it's going to be final, it's going to be eventual. It's not tomorrow, it's not the day after tomorrow, but it's certainly going to be one day when the victim is going to finally realize that they are worthy of living a healthy, happy, safe life. Not safe in terms of the abuser's safety, but safe away from the abuse and away from infantilization and degradation. Okay, as a conclusion, we must all evolve regardless of the abuse, regardless of infantilization, regardless of safety and under the control of the abuser, regardless of the ignorance imposed on us by the abuser's will and um, dependence to achieve the abuser's desire of whatever it is, okay? And, uh, that's it. So, folks, that's a wrap for this episode. And as you can guess, this is my goodbye speech. <laughs> uh, just kidding. I hope you found this episode enlightening to some degree. You can always like, comment, favorite, share, and even subscribe to this podcast here on Anchor FM or any other platform where, where you'll find my podcast available. Like Podbean, Stitcher, Spreaker, Acast, Radio Public, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, iTunes. And recently, I've added my podcast in TuneIn as well as Red Circle. That's where you'll find my podcast also available. I'd also appreciate your support for a very small monthly fee. If you have any topic suggestions, questions, some feedback you'd like to share, don't hesitate to send me a brief voice message and I'll take care of that. So to conclude, this was Self Evolution Regardless. I'm your host, Maram, and I will see you in the next episode.